0: Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, your host, life coach, and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing highly sensitive people and the elephant in the living room. This is a very common phrase now. I hear it thrown around on TV shows and in movies. I've heard it in conversations. Maybe you know it well, the elephant in the living room. If you've been in addiction recovery or have a moderate to severely dysfunctional family, you probably know what this means. But I want to paint the picture for listeners for you of what the most common sort of HSP processes are with the elephant in the living room. So for any kind of abuse that's happening in a family, anything that is dysfunctional and unspoken, we call it the elephant. Now, in a dysfunctional family system, we picture this living room and that there's an elephant standing there. Maybe that elephant is addiction. Maybe that elephant is spending too much money. Maybe that elephant is someone in the home is being sexually abused. Maybe the elephant in the living room is... We all stay on the surface and we never talk about real serious things. Elephants can take many different forms this way. Sometimes the elephant in the living room is that everyone is eating very unhealthily and it's affecting everyone's mental health. The culture of the family is to eat very, very poorly. So we look at what are the different elephants in the living room. Now as HSPs, as sensitive people, we tend to be the observers. As a tribe, we watch, we seek, we pay attention. So what happens to a lot of us growing up in dysfunctional families is that we grow up and we are highly aware that there are big giant elephants in our living room and maybe baby elephants in the living room. And also those elephants are taking shits in the living room. So all of that gets swept under the rug, and it starts to make us sick. We tend to tiptoe around the elephants in the living room. We can set up distractions or even become the distraction so that no one is dealing with the elephant in the living room. Some of us collect achievements to dangle, to distract, Look, I made it through medical school. Look, I won first in track and field. We dangle these achievements. I got all A's on my report card to distract the system from noticing the elephants in the room. In a way, elephants in our living room is a collective agreement to not speak on certain things. What happens in many families is that an outsider sort of strolls in very casually and with the energy of maybe biting an apple nonchalantly says, "Uh, hey, there's an elephant in the living room right over there. And in that moment, we have choices. Are we someone who wants to continue this dynamic of not naming the elephants in the living room? There are choices that we are all facing within this dynamic. Now, I'm not saying that the right thing to do is to always name the elephant in the living room every time. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that it's our internal job as survivors, as highly sensitive people, to honor what we observe. And what happens to highly sensitive people too often within these systems is that we look around and we we look at our family members and we go, "Hey, psps. There's an elephant over there. You see that, right? I'm not crazy. There's an elephant." And the problem there is that in that moment I am breaking the collective agreement to not name the elephant. The silent collective agreement to not name the elephant. And so what I'm doing there is I'm inviting my family member to also break that silent, unspoken, unthought of commitment. And in that moment, there's opportunity. That person makes their choice and they look around and they decide in that moment, do I follow this old script where I don't name this or do I step outside of the family system and the dynamic and acknowledge yeah, hell yeah, that's a big old stinking elephant in the living room. So what happens to an HSP is we sort of accidentally set ourselves up by asking everyone in the system, everyone in the collective agreement to not speak up. Hey, will you speak up about this? Because the collective is stronger than an individual. And so the power of that collective to persuade that person or that person to allow the power of the collective to persuade them to go, nope, no elephants here. What happens to an HSP is we give that power to that family system. We're desperate for some healthiness. We're desperate for someone to acknowledge that we're not crazy, that that is most certainly an elephant in the living room. But the people that we ask are people within that collective dysfunctional agreement. So what happens there is an HSP asks and then feels super crazy. Okay, I asked the safest person for me to ask and they don't see an elephant. And then we sit there and burn up our energy. Is that an elephant? Yes, that's an elephant. That's definitely an elephant. Maybe it isn't. Maybe I just have an elephant seeing problem. Maybe I see elephants everywhere that I go because everyone I'm related to doesn't seem to see elephants What's wrong with me that I am the elephant seer? And that's where we double down on seeing dysfunction and then creating more dysfunction within our own heads for ourselves to deal with. So I am saying that it is our personal internal jobs to observe any room that we're in and to break out of any collective spells of willful denial that have been cast. And to acknowledge the truth to ourselves. Now, the truth doesn't mean that I know what to do with that elephant. The truth doesn't mean that I have help dealing with that elephant. The truth doesn't mean that I have the power to banish elephants from the living room. The truth just means, yes, I see an elephant. That is there. I don't need to ask anybody else. Because I see it. And if they don't see it, that's something about their sight. I see it. I know it's there. It's real. I don't see things that aren't there. Now, unless someone who is credible, and again, incredible, so it can't be the people that are within this family system utilizing this collective willful denial, we can't ask people that are in willful denial to give us the truth and expect the truth to be given. Not might every now and then, like a slot machine pays off, like a broken clock is right twice a day. But if we're really owning and understanding that our family or our work family or our church family or our friend group has a case of willful collective denial then I can't ask for the truth there and get it with regularity. So the trap that we fall into is wanting corroboration instead of trusting the conviction of what we see or what we sense. And that is the great tragedy of abuse and neglect and low emotional education in our families. Because what we want, because we're programmed to be tribal, is we want to be able to elbow the tribe and go, hey, y'all see that tiger coming for us, right? Yes, and we want everybody on board to fight that tiger. But when it's an elephant in the living room, it doesn't seem so dangerous because it's not a snarling tiger. It's an elephant that's eating some leaves off the tree. It seems like it might even be okay that it's there. But isn't that the quality of dysfunction? Like, eh, Yeah, sure, so-and-so has an alcohol problem, but sometimes he's fine. Mm, Yeah, so-and-so is super obnoxious and too touchy-feely at holidays, but eh, that's pretty harmless, right? We talk ourselves out of the danger of the elephant in the living room because it doesn't look like a tiger. But it is very difficult to live day after day, year after year, decade after decade, Stepping around an elephant and its collective shits in the living room.
1: Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility, filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include... The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com
0: As an adolescent in my own life, I went from being super good girl rule follower to full-on rebellion like a light switch. And in that moment, even though I didn't know a lot of the abuse and dysfunction that was in my family, I knew that there were some elephants that I was seeing. I had broken through that collective spell that gets cast that we're not going to name the elephants. And I saw some elephants. I didn't see all of them at the time, but I saw enough to start looking at my family going, hey, there's elephants here. And in that adolescent rebellious vibe, I can look back and understand what I was doing now. I didn't know so clearly what I was doing back then, but from this perspective, I know That I decided that I would make people see the elephants that have been forced into my living rooms. I'm a challenger. I'm a fighter in in my spirit. So I was going to fight people to show them that these elephants exist and they need handling. It doesn't work. I wish it did. If it did, this would be a podcast of how getting in people's face and making them deal with the elephant would be really successful. It's not. It doesn't work. It left me depleted, it left me tired, and it left me feeling crazier than I had felt before. Now, what it left me with was having to accept in a way that I didn't want to accept. But freedom was available for me in the acceptance of, wow, I am the only one who's willing or able to see the elephants. I'm going to be the only one that deals with them. Because I refuse to live my life around these elephants. Other people are making their choices to step around the elephants for a lifetime. Here's something that happens to many HSPs that I I want you to be aware of. I want to highlight. A healthy support system must be willing and able to see the elephants and name them simply. That's what I believe about a healthy support system. Now, I can't tell you It's probably hundreds of times that in working with clients over the years that they will describe someone who is incredibly toxic, manipulative, just full of it at every juncture, unwilling to work on themselves, no ownership, no apologizing, is pretty awful 75 to 100 percent of the time. And then if I ask, well, who's in your support system? They will name this toxic person. And that is exactly where we participate in our self-crazy making. Now, I did this too early in my recovery. Very desperately wanting to be able to name my family as supports. And broken hearted. That's what I was resisting. I was resisting the heartbreak of accepting if someone is toxic, they cannot be supportive. If someone is truly toxic, I want to say it again. They cannot be supportive. So, I ask you in this episode to look at what this dynamic means to you. Do you name people in your support system that aren't capable and able and willing to support you? Do you have people in your support system that you're aligning with very intentionally who are able and willing to see the elephants and name those elephants easily? How does this dynamic show up for you? Are you currently like my adolescent self in some ways? Are you trying to shove everybody's face in it so that they don't even have the choice to not see the elephant? And is that currently blowing up for you? I suspect that many of us will not give ourselves permission to have the boundaries that we truly need until we hit what I call peak elephant in the living room. Because at peak elephant in the living room, we sort of lose our minds and scream, aren't you all going to see the elephants? And excuse me for the crudeness, but I think it'll make the point. Many of you who are older, maybe not my super young millennials who are listening, but you know, the old school way of training a dog was to stick the dog's nose in his own little pile of poop. That didn't teach the dog anything. We know better now. Those of us that are mindful and doing progressive dog training, we don't do that to try to house train a dog anymore. But this is what we do psychologically in dysfunctional families when we are the seeker and the seer of the elephants. We want to sort of shove our family's faces into that shit so that we can stand them in front of a mirror and go, look, don't you see that shit on your face? We have to deal with this shit as a family. And I guarantee you, few moments in my life have been crazier than those moments where a room full of people have shit on their face and they're looking at me going, no, I don't smell anything. It's fine. What's wrong with you? You're the one with the problem. And I have witnessed that happen to highly sensitive person after highly sensitive person after highly sensitive person. Make sure you are being your very best support system. Help yourself trust what you see, what you smell, what you hear, what you sense. And unless someone knowledgeable and credible from outside of the family living room, unless someone tells you from outside of your system that you are delusional or paranoid or manic or in psychosis, consider redefining support system and intentionally adding to your internal support system by trusting what you see, smell, and sense and adding to your external support system, which means people who are not under the collective spell of not naming what's dysfunctional. Other people will be able to see it and name it with the nonchalance of biting an apple. Hey, yeah, there's an elephant right there. That's what we want in our support people. We don't want support people in our inner circle that we have to beg and poke and convince that there's an elephant over there in the corner. That's not supportive. I hope there was something in this episode for you that helps you take care of yourself better that helps you see whatever dynamics you are in, whatever dynamics you have survived with ease and simplicity and maybe even a little laughter, it is okay to laugh about these things that are very, very heavy, very, very difficult and messy to sort. There's something beautiful and lightning in our spirit when we bring laughter to what is really terrible or dark. And it is kind of funny when we're not stuck in the middle of it, when we're outside of it and we're looking because it's pretty ridiculous that we go years and years and decades and lifetimes as a people unable or unwilling to name a freaking elephant in the damn living room. If you have not gotten on to give the show a five-star review and you like this show it helps you with your life it inspires you to be your best self if there's anything positive in these episodes that you take one of the ways that you can help the show tremendously and help other people who are out there in the world who have not yet figured out that they are highly sensitive or that there are superpowers in their sensitivity and in their healing and in their facing of trauma, when you get on and write a review for the show, you very much help other people find this show and figure themselves out. So when you do that, you are bringing peace and clarity and hope to others. You truly are our marketing team and we could not be out there gaining traction in the world and getting shared as much as we're getting shared without you sharing us. I want to thank some of you who have written reviews on iTunes. Some wishful thinking, that's your name. I want to thank you. I'm so honored that this show was your first form of self care and your very first podcast. I'm glad that they've been a source of guidance and strength and understanding and repair. Light and love to you. I want to thank Jazz, 1234511. You said that the podcast is meditation itself. Thank you so much for taking time to share a review with me and with the world. I want to thank Glover. <laughs> he says, It's a great show and thank you for being my wife's interpreter. I'm a fairly black and white kind of guy and my wife is everything I'm not. I love that. That's very much what I wanted for the show was to help HSPs explain themselves and I love doing that within partnerships. So I'm so glad y'all are using the show that way. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. I want to thank Heart Star Moon. I'm glad that you had these tools to use from the show for going through your most difficult year of life. I'm so glad it helped you. Thank you for being part of the circle of me helping you and you helping me helping other people find us. It's such a big support fest. I want to remind you, That you're an emotional badass, I'm an emotional badass, and together we are where Moxie meets mindful. Till next time. Bye-bye.
1: dot com.